Forest School isn't just about taking children to the outdoors. It's a way of being. It's, a, it's an ethos as well as a, a pedagogy. Hi, I'm Holly and welcome to my podcast, Through the Trees. Today, I'm talking to the passionate Mel Harrison about the theories of earth education, our connection with nature and the importance of forest schools. I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you for tuning in. Before we begin, I would like to ask you a question, which I ask everybody. Uh, what is your favourite tree species and why? My favourite tree is definitely a hornbeam. I love the hornbeam. I think, I, well, I was drawn to it the first time I was wild camping and it was really late at night and I'd got out of my hammock and I was going for a wee and with my head torch, I noticed that there was like hundreds, and I'm not kidding, hundreds of tiny slugs and tiny snails all sneaking up to the top of this hornbeam tree. Like, what is going on up there for them all to be doing that? So that kind of got my interest. And then I realised how the bark is like, it's like stretch marks. And, uh, and stretch marks to me really represent resilience. That you've been through something uh, and they're there, they're marking that kind of... That, that process and a, and, a, and a hornbeam in tree law is about just that. It's about finding your, your strength and your confidence to, to kind of push through boundaries and, and go for your dreams. And uh, it's a nice solid wood, makes good butcher's blocks, which is always handy if you're a butcher. Or it makes nice pegs for windmills and my family's used to be uh, millers. So that kind of links in with there. But I just, I love the bark. It's just so beautiful and I think it's a very feminine tree because it's really solid and strong. What a wonderful choice. I think that's a beautiful description. So Will Points put us in contact and I know Will from when we worked for the Bushcraft Company and we would spend days and days outdoors playing in the woods, whistling all sorts of things and just getting children outdoors. And that's kind of similar in a way to maybe what you do at the Green Light Trust. Can you tell me more about your work there? So the Green Light Trust, we work with all ages and it's our mission to get access for everybody to the outdoors because of the, uh, the amount of well-being that happens there. The Green Light Trust started with a trip to Papua New Guinea uh, with the founding members who were looking for the bird of paradise. And whilst they were over there, they were asked to to support with the deforestation that was happening. And so they got more and more involved in that. They came back and they did some work in schools on deforestation. And from there grew the idea of planting trees. They supported this part of the rainforest to be saved. And when they went to the chief of the village and said, what is it that, that we can do now? They said, go home and plant trees because your country is also depleted in trees. By doing that, by coming back and supporting community woodlands, what was noticed is the amount of uh, increase in well-being of all ages that were happening for the participants. So it kind of changed around from being more a kind of conservation woodland planting uh, charity into a well-being and social charity. So my my role within all of that, because we do so much and work with so many different ages um, and so many different backgrounds and people who really need that support, but my role within that is to, to run the forest school qualifications and training. So uh, Greenlight Trust have been involved in running the forest school qualifications since the beginning, really. So they kind of sort of brought it uh, with uh, Sarah Knight and others into East Anglia. Um, and, and I'm kind of carrying that torch forward, really. So we have 
students that are teachers, teaching assistants, uh, people who are looking for career changes, so gardeners, all sorts who, who come on the courses and then yeah, I take them through that journey to, to do their level three and their level two qualifications to become forest school facilitators. That's amazing. Um, for my dissertation at school, for, at university, sorry, I was meant to do a dissertation about wildlife and media, but then I changed it to the importance nature has on a child's life. And we were talking about forest schools back about eight years ago. And it was still quite a new concept, even though I was based in the middle of the Lake District. Uh, but have you found that forest schools has become more popular recently? I think so. It seems to be growing. Um, a lot of schools are doing forest school now, which is great. They're seeing the benefit of that. And I think especially at the moment, you know, with this last year of reconnecting to nature uh, and schools realising the importance of, of outdoors through necessity, as well as uh, through the kind of well-being side it's yeah I think it is definitely growing there are there's much more support groups as well so kind of on social media and things it's it's much easier if you're a forest school practitioner to not feel like you're out on your own because it can feel like that because forest school isn't just about taking children to the outdoors it's a way of being it's a it's an ethos as well as a, a pedagogy and and that's what makes it so incredible as you've got this this network you know, thousands of people delivering forest school across the country who really understand the importance of deep nature connection and, and, and reconnecting children and adults to that, to that space so that we can reconnect with each other and, yeah, and kind of fix those broken connections, really. So I do feel like it's growing. And I think social media has really supported that to grow in its strength and popularity, really. Because you've got to be strong when you're stepping out and doing something so different, haven't you? It's very different mm. to teaching inside a classroom where you've got objectives, you know, where you're in four walls, to, to suddenly being outside and you're going, OK, so now this is child lit, this is child initiated. I have to step back and disappear, really. Yes, I've got some skills in my box, but they're, they're kept there for when they're needed and when the, when the child is kind of walking in that, that direction. So it's very different. It's a very different approach. So we need that support with each other. And I'm sure you get a lot of different types of people signing up to want to be forest school practitioners. Do you see um, really outdoorsy people and re uh, people based in towns with lots of different backgrounds signing up? We do. I mean, some of the people who come on the course are being sent by their schools as well. And they're not necessarily outdoorsy people. So there's, there's this whole journey and a whole, what's lovely about it is that it, it builds community really early on within the cohort. So you have, you've got some people who love being outside, they just want to be outside the whole time, and this is just increasing that. So people go, I have no idea what I'm letting myself in for. You know, they come and they're not necessarily got the right clothes, and you know that they're going to go through that whole journey of discovering, you know, what to wear as well as how to be out there. But I don't think I've had one student that hasn't, reconnected and love reconnected to play and nature uh, and love being out there so there, there is a load of different backgrounds of people coming into that and more i think more recently because we're in a different generation now of screen users you know and you know that whole kind of uh, generation of parents who are on their phone while they're breastfeeding or you know while the children are playing and and and, and 
that really shows in the in the students too you know sometimes it's really difficult for them to not check their phones at, at lunchtime or at break time because we offer them you know the, you know you can turn it off you can detox for the time that you're here and I'm noticing that you know the differences from the the uh, older generation who don't necessarily have that more central to their life to the younger generation who are coming in so it's great having that mixed together because sometimes that technology can really help out some of the, the other generation who are not so used to using it as well so a good mix of people uh, yeah come and get involved mm -hmm. which is which is great and what makes it a community because if it was just us outdoor types who were coming and joining although that would be ace we need to we need to reach out further you know to to reconnect mm -hmm. more children and it's almost more powerful if it's a facilitator saying you know what I never got this nature stuff I looked out the window I thought that looks freezing down there I'm not going out there it's cold it's wet and now I love it you know so it's it can be really supportive for the children going through that too mm, absolutely yeah no I think it's really important that everybody has that direct contact no matter what age they are um I one thing I really loved doing was cooking on a fire um, and seeing the children' faces light up once they were eating their trout or something that they had cooked on the fire that they had made. Um, I'm sure you've got some favourite recipes that you like to do on, on a fire. Well, you know, cooking is not my, uh, my... I enjoy cooking. I'm not the best at cooking because my brain likes to do three or four different things at the same time. So whilst I'm cooking, I'm also doing something else and something else and something else. So uh, I can end up with burnt things and I'm quite famous for burning things on the fire with the, with the children and the adults. But the things I really like to cook on the fire are things that the children can go out and gather themselves and, and bring back. So I like to use nettle quite a lot. So, you know, just simple kind of nettle crisps like fried in, a, in the pan with a bit of garlic is yummy. Nettle soup, mixing nettles and wild greens with um, mashed potato or grated potato to make potato fritters on the fire. Amazing. That sounds, yeah, like a really good experience for everybody involved. <laughs> Um, and you're the director of Kinder Education, a first school based in Suffolk as well. Um, and what sort of experience do you provide there? So um, Kinder Education is, a, is an umbrella organisation. And um, it's within that we've got um, Kinder Forest School that is part of that. So Kinder Education has a, uh, a big mission. There's, I'm not the only director, there's four directors. There's, there's a few of us. And... The, the, the mission going forward is to have somewhere within nature to be born and to die and everything in between. Right, so it's quite a big project, it's quite a big thing. Kind of Forest School is about reconnecting to nature, having children really regularly. Some of our children have been coming for three years now, this is their third year, and uh, just completely being child initiated. So we work with young families, we work with under, under five-year-olds, and then we work with our over five and our over eight-year-olds. Some of the children are flexi-schooled from school because they find full-time school challenging. Other children are out of school the whole time. So it's a, it's a good mix. And we've just got our, our latest early years Ofsted registration. So that's really exciting. So we're now, yeah, able to kind of open a, a more full-time preschool. Congratulations. <laughs> and what sort of benefits do you feel that children get from being outdoors? Um, 
there are lots um but what do you see change the most in their behavior if you're climbing the walls you take away the walls there's nothing there's nothing to climb anymore to be in a space where the adults truly truly see you for who you are the most important thing is that you have adults that are breaking down the hierarchy so instead of an adult and a child and having, you know, the adult is the dominant one and the child must do as the adult says, it, it mixes the whole thing up. Whereas the adult steps back, creates a space, holds a space where community is central, where that young person, that child can, can truly be themselves, where you observe them enough to be able to see, okay, this is, these are the stuff that this child enjoys doing. This is where this child shines. And this is where the child needs support with no judgment. You know, all, all emotions are, are welcome at Forest School and it doesn't take very long at all before the child settles into that. Their behavior changes because they're, they're not battling anymore. They're not battling to be seen. They're not battling to be heard. Uh, and their needs begin to be met. And, and I think that's the, the amazing thing that, that Forest School does is it creates a space within nature. Trees hold that space, the animals hold that space, all the plants hold that space. But also as adults, we listen to each other and yeah, support needs being met. Absolutely. That's a lovely answer. <laughs> um, so I assume that nature has been with you throughout your whole life. Do you remember a certain memory or was it your upbringing that made you so passionate about the outdoors? I think my mum my and dad, they, they built their home when I was younger and we used to spend a lot of time going backwards and forwards whilst they were also working, doing other things and going onto this piece of land that was my great aunt Olive's. And my great aunt Olive was a nature lover completely. I used to sit with her all the time and this piece of land was, was wild and uh, where this house was being built. So while they were building in all their spare time, I would be roaming around and finding places and there was a pond and in that pond there was newts and I would spend hours, days, weeks just sitting beside that pond, catching the newts, looking at them, how many can I catch today and uh, putting them all back again. And I was, you know, I really enjoyed my own space when I was young, spent a lot of time on my own and I knew that if I, whatever I was feeling, I could go out within that space and get much more clearer view on, on what it was I needed to do moving forward. So nature's always been there, always been there for me and continues to do so. In fact, it grows, you know, that, that, that deep nature connection. And as I, as I grew up, I became an environmental activist and, um, yeah, you know, took, took a lot of direct action and, uh, you know, lots of campaigning, lots of protests, all of that, alongside working in the outdoors. So I was working for an NGO and I was also doing some, my fun job I used to call it, was kind of being being outside. And around that time, um, a group of us decided to uh, home educate our children. And so we took them out of school and we built the Straw Bale Building and, we, and nature was the kind of central part of their their education and it was at that time when I was realizing I was going out and doing talks on it could have been on foreign policy it could have been on you know whatever but either to a room full of people who were already agreeing with what I was saying or to a room full of people MPs blah blah, blah who uh, are playing lip service and they don't 
and so it seemed to make the big changes that are necessary. So I had this moment while I was standing in a river, strangely, where it was just, you know, sunlight hit the water and it's like, what, what is it that I can do to, to really try and support our earth, to, to heal and to recover from uh, us humans? And it was go back and start working with, with children and because they're the ones that are going to be able to, to change everything. They're the ones that are going to have to be resilient enough to to make the changes that are needed and if they all they need to do is love the earth i mean i started with earth education which is a which is really deeply about uh, reconnecting with the earth and loving loving the earth it's child-centered rather than child-led full of drama but you know if children understand the basics of how our planet works how amazing it is, how wonderful it is, the awe and the wonder and the wow. And I mean, I don't go for a walk or a stroll or anything ever and not go, oh my God, look at that thing, you know, because it's just full of it. You can never, you never know all of it. No way, you know, and I, and I just love that, love that. And if, if children feel that awe and wonder, if you love something, you want to look after it, right? And and so that's that's why I do what I do is because if I can just introduce people mentor people hold a space for people so that they can reconnect then there's a chance that they're going to look after it later on and look after it for their kids and maybe be mentors for lots of other people to do the same thing so mm -hmm. yeah that's the kind of route that brought me to where i am now really and why the importance of, of training other adults to go and do the same thing because every single adult that comes on our course which can be between sort of 60 and 90 people a year are going out and working with with you know 100 200 300 children a year so you can see how that expands in in and how many children we can get to and it's it's so important to go out and do that you can just tell i'll just talk forever so just tell me if i'm talking for too long <laughs> no it's good yeah absolutely I, i'm agreeing with everything you're saying <laughs> It's really important to go out and name and label things, right? Okay, I'm not saying that that is not important because it is. But that comes from a deep curiosity and a deep awe and wonder of going, why? Why is that one with that thing growing near that thing? Why does that work like that? Why is that footprint that, you know, once you've got that real deep reasoning why you want to go and learn that stuff, then you learn it much, much deeper. And that's where forest school comes in. Forest school isn't about going out once or twice or just for a week. It's about going out every single week in all weathers as you grow, as you develop, as you change. And you'll, you'll watch a five-year-old access the, the, the wonders of nature very differently to the way that a teenager accesses it. And yet sometimes exactly the same. Nature gives us, she gives us what we need when we need it. And we just need to be open enough to do that. So the the more of us, Holly, that are out there creating spaces for people to do that, the the better for, for, for humans and the planet. Amazing. Yeah, I completely agree. It was only this morning that I went out. We've got snow here where we are in Suffolk. So I thought I have to go out early this morning and it was beautiful. I just was hugging the trees and just sitting under the this beautiful big beech tree that we've got and the snow was just flaking through the branches and I was just very happy and it put me in a really good mood for today and for the rest of the day so I know exactly what you mean <laughs> um so for anyone wanting to read about 
the earth or forest schools or have you got a book that you've read and thought yes I wish everybody could read this gosh there's so many I would say you know Sarah Knight has a a set of amazing books if you want to read about forest school you know I'd say have a look at, at Sarah Knight's books I mean I don't have one particular book but I think everybody should read this because there's there's just there's just so many really um, but yeah, I would say head to the Sarah Knight books, have a look at those and also have a look on the Forest School Association website because there's some, some great and interesting stuff on there to get you going. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. And how can people find you or the Greenlight Trust or Kind Education on social media? So on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, Greenlight Trust are on both of those. Um, the same with Kinder. Kinder is spelled with an A rather than E-E-R, so Kinder Education. And we've also got websites, so greenlighttrust.org or www.kinderforestschool.org dot com i think it is oh thank you so much i really enjoyed our chat today oh me too holly thank you for inviting me and thank you will for getting me into this this point will would be good to talk to i know he says he wouldn't but i think he would i think he would i've seen him command a group of children with his songs and his dances and his just his voice and he can easily do a podcast maybe i'll try going to do a podcast on working with children from pupil referral units because he is very good at it that is a really good idea i will ask him and now i've got it recorded we'll have to Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Holly. Bye. Bye. At the end of every episode, I share a quote which I feel sums up everything we've been talking about. And my quote today is from American author Richard Louv. We cannot protect something we do not love. We cannot love what we do not know. And we cannot know what we do not see, hear or sense.